got to start, got to start uh, with the warmongers in the Trump administration because this is not a joking matter. And frankly, I don't really trust the current Democratic Party to fight Donald Trump or John Bolton or Mike Pompeo or any of these greedy, corrupt warmongers. And I knew, you know, I covered the Trump campaign on the campaign trail. I knew he was full of it. Apparently, White House reviews military plans against Iran, echoes of the Iraq war, which the New York Times uh, helped push us into. At a meeting of President Trump's top national security aides last Thursday, Acting Defense Secretary Patrick Shanahan presented an updated military plan that envisioned sending as many as 120,000 troops to the Middle East should Iran attack American forces or accelerate work on nuclear weapons, administration officials said. So right there, the New York Times is simply just parroting the BS, ridiculous, totally void of any facts, warmonger neocon talking points of the Trump administration. Let me highlight this part for you. Should Iran attack American forces or accelerate work on nuclear weapons, administration officials said. Well, why isn't the New York Times right in the first paragraph saying, should, should this happen, administration officials said. By the way, there's no evidence whatsoever that Iran is thinking of or primed to attack America or American forces. This is how war propaganda begins. So, oh, well, we're just going to print what the Trump administration says. Oh, the Trump administration is pushing nonsense and propaganda that's going to basically put us into another war, further bankrupting the country, further killing thousands of Americans, killing tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people in Iran. Let's just repeat the lie, if you're the New York Times. Let's just repeat the lie. Because as we know, repeat the lie, repeat the lie, repeat the lie. Then all of a sudden, people start to worry. Well, we've got to do something. Iran is, you know, primed to, to, to attack American forces. Don't you know? I read it in the New York Times, who just prints whatever the Trump administration says, who just prints whatever the, the CIA says. The revisions were ordered by hardliners led by John Bolton, Mr. Trump's national security advisor. They do not call for a land invasion of Iran, which would require vastly more troops, officials said. The development reflects the influence of Mr. Bolden, one of the administration's most virulent Iran hawks, whose push for confrontation with Tehran was ignored more than a decade ago by President George W. Bush. It is highly uncertain whether Mr. Trump, who has sought to dis disentangle the United States from Afghanistan and Syria, ultimately would send so many American forces back to the Middle East. It is also unclear whether the president has been briefed on the number of troops or other details in the plans. On Monday, asked about if he was seeking regime change in Iran, Mr. Trump said, we'll see what happens with Iran. If they do anything, it would be a very bad mistake. There are sharp divisions in the administration over how to respond to Iran at a time when tensions are rising about Iran's nuclear policy and its intentions in the Middle East. I don't need to read any more of this propaganda because it is such, it is this is not journalism. This is helping the war profiteers and the war propagandists push war. And this is how Iraq started, folks. So let's see. I just read you one, two, three, four, 
five, six, seven paragraphs in the New York Times. Not one of those paragraphs says there is no evidence Iran is threatening the United States, wants to threaten the United States, is going to attack the United States. Kind of important details when talking about having 120,000 troops ready to go. And I don't really know what they're talking about. Are you having 120,000 troops ready to go to do what? The, the article says this is not for land invasion. Well, what's it for then? They're just going to hang out in the sky? What's, what's alarming about this, and the New York Times, I mean, it's not just the New York Times, it's all the corporate media that's just parroting this. Okay, so your job in the headline, in the beginning of the story, is to say there was never any evidence that Iran wasn't following the guidelines of the nuclear deal, which is one of the few things Obama did right uh, the nuclear Iran nuclear deal, which was uh, hatched under President Obama, there was never any evidence that they weren't following that deal. So that's number one. So this was the basis, right? This was the basis for the beginnings of this Trump talk about we need to get tougher on Iran, and Iran is trying, you know, starting some funny business with us. There was never any basis for this. Trump lied strengthened by John Bolton and Mike Pompeo. I mean, they're basically, these two come from the Dick Cheney school of diplomacy, which means bomb, 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 bomb. War, 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 war. Oil, 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 oil. So what's incredible to me is here you have a guy, Trump, who ran on, well, what are we spending all this money in Iraq and Afghanistan? And if we're going to go, take the oil. Don't go, don't go there without taking the oil. One of the faux progressive policies Donald Trump ran on was, let's get, let's get the hell out of all these countries. Let's get out of all these countries and let's stop, you know, permanently folding tents up in the Middle East. I knew it wasn't true because Trump has no actual ideology. He says what he needs to say to win the, the election or, in this case, the day. So... If Donald Trump, since he ha a man or woman without a true ideology is just as dangerous, if not more dangerous than one with a pure ideology, because it means they will sell their soul for the quickest and clearest win. So let's see. Donald Trump has John Bolton in his ear. Well, if Donald Trump thinks rising tensions or possibly starting to bomb Iran, or possibly sending in advisors to Iran. You know how the, the government and the U.S. suddenly send advisors to other countries, which is code for ground troops? There's no such thing as military advisors. When you're sending in soldiers to advise, you're sending in soldiers to risk their lives. They're called ground troops. What if Donald Trump thinks that his re-election in 2020 is under peril. What if Donald Trump thinks that it's likely he might lose in 2020? What if Donald Trump thinks that it's likely, remember, Russia, Russia Gate and, and MSNBC and all these people, Bob Mueller was Jesus of Nazareth. 
So all of the talk was about the Mueller report. And the Mueller report might indict Trump, and the Mueller report might save us from the tyranny of Trump. Well, most actual objective people were saying uh, the real action, the real threat to Trump is not the Mueller investigation, which I always thought was, a, it was all a cockamamie conspiracy theory, Russia. is the Southern District of New York who are investigating Trump's financial transactions, his real estate empire, and could indict Trump. So what if Donald Trump thinks, well, if I don't win it, you know, if everything I just said is true and he's worrying about, worrying about re-election, which by the way, the polls right now, the last poll I just saw, which was Emerson, which I'm going to get to in a separate topic, Biden and Bernie Sanders have identical results against Donald Trump. They're both beating him by, I think, eight points head to head. So Bernie beats Trump. Oh, no, excuse me, 10 points uh, head to head. Bernie beats Trump 10 points head to head. Biden beats Trump 10 points head to head. I expect Biden's will go down. What if Trump thinks, well, if I don't start a war, I'm probably not going to get reelected. And if I don't get reelected, the New York Southern District might be waiting with handcuffs for all the money laundering and financial schemes and tax avoidance myself, my children, and my family have gotten away with since the 1980s. That's where Trump's legal jeopardy and peril lies. Not with Bob Mueller, not with Adam Schiff and, and, and the intelligence committees. It was never about Russian collusion or conspiracy or whatever. It's about the money. Follow the money, Lebowski. And, and like this live stream, even though it's not a live stream. Smash the like button if you have not. Remember, the more people that press the like button, the more people that will see this non-live stream. So what you have here, folks, is... Dangerous rhetoric. And, you know, Trump answered some reporter questions today and tamped down, uh, you know, that, oh, I don't know anything about that and blah, 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 blah. He knows everything about it. And by the way, Trump would start a war with a country if it thought if he thought it helped him politically, which, by the way, for those of you who have watched House of Cards in your in your day is one of the plot lines that uh, Kevin Spacey, when he was still on the show and Claire Underwood, his wife, uh, thought that Frank was going to lose re-election, so they said, let's be diabolical and you know, maybe start a war. George Bush, as the tide was turning against Iraq and public sentiment was moving away from Iraq in 2004, remember, George Bush played on those, played on those uh, um, strands of patriotism. And what did he do? The surge in Iraq. He was reelected. So this is very dangerous. Uh, I'm not somebody who takes a lot of time uh, in my day, and I don't spend a whole lot of time talking about Trump because I wouldn't be delivering to you anything 25,000 other people on Twitter and 25,000 other journalists on CNN, MSNBC, The New York Times, Washington Post aren't delivering. But in this case, we need to all, I don't care what you are, progressive, neoliberal, conservative, whatever, Come together and say, no, we're already at war with seven or eight countries. We're already bombing eight or nine countries. 
the Pentagon just failed its first ever audit. The auditor said, we can't even audit them. It's not even possible to audit the Pentagon because their records are so shadowy and, 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 and the numbers just don't add up. If there are numbers, because the Pentagon suddenly lost a lot of the information. And by the way, don't forget, this news about Trump and, you know, Bolton readying 120,000 troops comes when Trump is proposing to increase the defense budget to $750 billion. And what is the Democratic Party? What is the resistance counter with? $733 billion. Oh, well, thank God. Thank God we have Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer running things with that brave counterproposal of $733 billion. And by the way, we don't, you know, we're Americans, so we don't, well, not everyone watching is Americans. Like, we have a lot of international viewers too. But if I was a person in Iran right now, I'd get the hell out of there if I could. Because this is deja vu, folks. Nearly a million Iraqis died as a result of the Iraq war. ISIS was created as a result of the Iraq war. So make no mistake about it. Do I think that Trump is as much of a warmonger and a hawk as John Bolton? No, I do not. But it's just as dangerous to have somebody who goes with the political winds as the winds go. And Trump, if you present it to him, let's say it's, I don't know, January, November of this year or January of this year, less than a year from the election, and the polls aren't looking good for Donald Trump, and the head-to-heads aren't looking good for Donald Trump, and the economy's not doing as hot, a lot of economists warn of a recession possibly looming, you don't think Donald Trump would say, eh, well, let's rally the base, let's distract Let's show I'm tough. Let's show action. Let's send 100,000 troops to Iran. I don't know what the New York Times is talking about, that those wouldn't be for a land war. What are you sending 120,000 troops for? You're not going to have them parked out in, in, in a surrounding province. And when America comes, they come long time, if you know what I mean. We stay. We don't just, you know... Stop by, as the cool kids like to say. Super dangerous. Super dangerous. So, there's a new poll that I actually think shows what I've been talking about more than any other poll. In that, it shows that when there is a little bit more of an equal distribution of those polled, meaning if uh, you poll... Generally speaking, an equal amount of people over 50 that you do people under 50. Joe Biden's not beating Bernie Sanders by that much. But you have to actually look at the age breakdowns poll to poll. So here's a new, uh, this one's from Emerson College. And uh, the results, a new, Emerson, a new Emerson National Poll finds former Vice President Joe Biden with a bump from his official entrance into the race, taking back the lead over Senator Bernie Sanders, the poll finds Biden with 33% and Sanders with 25%. So 
So this shows Biden up by about by eight points, which is a decent lead, but it's certainly not the 20 to 25 points we've been seeing in other polls that are wildly oversampling those age 50 and above. So this poll shows Biden up eight points over Bernie Sanders, which frankly, I'm not that concerned about in May 2019. The April Emerson poll has Sanders ahead of Biden 29% to 24%, making this a 13-point swing in favor of the former vice president, which again makes sense because Biden is now a candidate. Uh, Then he was not. Senator Harris and Senator Warren are tied for third, each getting 10% of the vote, and Mayor Pete Buttigieg rounds out the top five with 8%. And as you can see, Biden at 33% there, and uh, Bernie with 25%. A majority of Democratic primary voters, 56%, indicate there's a chance they could change their mind and vote for another candidate, whereas 44% say they will definitely vote for the candidate they are currently supporting. Uh, And another interesting element of this, which I think goes to show you why most of these polls are not, (laughs) uh, are oversampling older people and undersampling young people. Look at this. A strength for Sanders throughout this early stage of the nominating process has been the support of younger voters. Sanders currently leads Biden among aged 18 to 29 year old voters by an impressive 41 to 11 percent. I don't know what's more impressive about that, more shocking to that to me. 30 point lead for Bernie Sanders or that there's 11 percent of people aged 18 to 29 that actually support Joe Biden. I think it's that there's 11 percent of millennials that support Joe Biden. They probably don't know much about him and are just voting based on the fact that he was the vice president for Obama. However, Sanders support weakens with age. 30 to 49 year olds only break for Sanders 29 to 26% as compared to 50 to 64 year olds who break for Biden 42% to 19%. So right here, folks, right here shows you that this is an, this is an, this is going to be an election and a democratic primary race predominantly not really class. Well, yes, class, but mostly age and class. Bernie up by 30 points among 18 to 29, Biden up by, what is that? 23 points over 50. Oh, so Bernie's actually doing better in his core demographic than Biden in this poll. Uh, He's up 30 points, 18 to 29, while Biden's up 50 to 64. Uh, He's up by 23 points. So Bernie being up 30 points among 18 to 29 shows you exactly why most of these polls don't do an equal distribution where you have, okay, we're going we're gonna to sample uh, a lot of people over 50, but we're also going to sample a lot of people under 40, Spe- and specifically people 18 to 29, which are the most progressive voters and generally go for Bernie more. And when I say the most progressive voters, again, I don't mean, I want to I wanna make sure not to offend, I don't mean to say there aren't a lot of older voters that like Bernie Sanders and are progressive. I mean, most progressive voters voting based on voting trends, based on data. So obviously there's exceptions to every, every rule. Bernie does attract older voters, but by the data, by the trends of America, for you older voters that like Bernie, knock some sense into your friends who don't head. So... I want to show you the age breakdown of this poll because it tells an important story. How many people did they poll age 18 to 29? 160. 
So that's about 16% of those they polled were age 18 to 29. How many people did they poll age 30 to 49? 306 people. So that's 30.5% of those they polled uh, were age 30 to 49. How many people did they poll age 50 to 64? Which would favor Joe Biden, 35.4%. How many people did they poll age 65 and older? 184, 18.3%. This Emerson College poll, 53% of those they polled are above 50. 46% of those they polled are below 50. Source, Emerson College. Why I'm showing you this is the overall poll results show Biden up 33 to 25. Biden up eight points. Now, that to me is reasonable. I could believe that Biden is up by eight points. He's the former vice president. Obama, right or wrong, is still very popular. Eight points, although not a small lead, it's, it's a decent lead, is not an insurmountable lead in May 2019 for Biden over Bernie Sanders. I actually think that's exactly where I would want to be if I was Bernie Sanders. But why is it, why is it that this poll shows a smaller lead for Joe Biden, while all these other polls are showing, you know, he's up 20 points, he's up 25 points. Some polls I've seen have him up 30 points. It's exactly what I showed, just showed you. It's a more equal or close to equal distribution among the age groups. So 53% of those polled were over 50. It's the majority of those polled were over 50, but not by a crazy amount. 46% polled were below 50. So although I would like to see polls that are even closer than this, I think it would be better if you had, you know, 48% polled below 50 and 51% above 50. Bottom line, when you have a more equal distribution of the age breakdown, when you have a more equal distribution of the ages polled, you have a much smaller overall lead for Joe Biden. Again, 33% to 25%. That ain't nothing, folks. I'm not saying that as a Bernie bro. I'm saying that as somebody who knows politics and covers this for a living. That is not a big lead for Joe Biden. And again, the reason you see not a big lead is because to Emerson's credit, they are polling a more, I don't want to say equal because it's still a discrepancy, but that's a lot closer. This this gap, meaning they polled, yes, a majority of people that were over 50, but overall, they did poll a decent amount, a good number of people under 50, and that's why Bernie is only behind by eight points. Now, if they did a 50-50, where it's equal, I think Bernie might be tied, if not, maybe down a little bit. So that's why I'm showing you this poll, because, you know, so, you know the, the neoliberals on Twitter, when I put this stuff out there and I take on the polls, you're, you're, you're degraded as, oh, my God, he's uh, this Bernie bro guy here. He's not a journalist and he's just, uh, you know, a sore loser. And, you know, Bernie people can't deal with reality. No, 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 no. This is reality. This is data. 
This is the actual breakdown of the polls, and you never, ever, when's the last time you saw CNN, MSNBC, or if the New York Times does a write-up of these polls, if the Washington Post writes a story based on these polls, do they ever get into the age breakdown or why that matters? And I want to also debunk this nonsense that you hear. Well, Jordan, they're just polling based on how voters voted in 2016. No, they're not. No, they're not. I could actually show you, uh, I don't know who it is, but someone, I retweeted him because this guy is right on the money. So let me find the tweet. Uh, this person tweeted out the, the, oh, here it is. This person tweeted out, uh, the, in, in terms of the, the New Hampshire poll that I debunked yesterday from Monmouth University that showed, uh, that showed 67% of those that they polled were over the age of 50. You know, some people on Twitter were saying, well, that's just how New Hampshire voted. No, it's not. There is a huge, right here. Say the police are coming for the pollsters. There is a huge difference between what the age breakdown was in 2016 to how polls are being conducted today. This is New Hampshire. 18 to 19% was 18 to 29. 22% was 30 to 44. 42%, 45 to 64. 65 and older, 18%. This was the actual breakdown of people that came out and voted. So Bernie Sanders, by the numbers, 19%, 22%. A lot of young people came out in New Hampshire. It wasn't an overwhelming amount of people voting in New Hampshire that were 65 and older or even 50 and older. There was, frankly, it looks like just as many as young people. And when I say young people, people under 40 that generally are for Bernie Sanders. And if you remember, by Bernie Sanders' first three months, the first three months of this year, he raised $18.2 million. His campaign said majority of those donations came from people under the age of 40. Not rocket science, folks. So I'll continue reporting on these polls uh, as more polls come out and there's more falsehoods, deceit, deception, and fraudulence to expose.